Welcome one and all to the Film Harmonic with your hosts, Noah East and Andy Ferguson. In episode 32, our show will be dominated in the same way your local multiplex is. It's very Star Wars heavy. We will review The Rise of Skywalker. Plus, in our Pick 6 segment, we are ranking the six best Christmas films of all time. Leading us into the throwback challenge to close out the show, in which I challenged Andy with the 2011 Indonesian action hit The Raid Redemption. And he challenged me with Olivier Assayas' 2016 film Personal Shopper, starring Kristen Stewart. So, Andy, nothing says Christmas to me more than a heaping bowl of Star Wars. You ready to dig in? Let's open this gift. Our lead film this week is the number one film in the galaxy. J.J. Abrams is back behind the helm, and he brought all his friends with him. You know, Harrison Ford and the Chewbacca guy and Adam Driver. We like like Adam Driver. And from what I'm told, it's the end of the whole saga. We'll, We'll see. The time has come to discuss Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The end of the saga, huh? That's what they say. They say it's the yeah. last one in this story. That's what they say. Well, we'll, I don't believe them, but yeah, that we'll is what see. they say. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, let's so, review this as 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 the end. Then let's let's just assume it's the end. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the end of let's. the saga. So you and I went and saw this in IMAX in the very front row, uh, <laughs> yeah. opening night on Thursday, yeah. surrounded by people in costumes and everything. And they were the last two tickets left, front row. I guess most people who, if you listen to us regularly, the few of you that do, mm-hmm. know that already, by now, that, that neither of us are particularly Star Wars fans. Not really. We haven't really talked about it a bunch. We're not against we just, it. Yeah. But no, it's just not, not really. our thing. We don't go into it with um, the full, like, geeked-out knowledge of the universe. So yeah. this is definitely... Uh, our review of this, this is coming from a very different perspective Yeah, that's understood. Totally based on the quality of the filmmaking of it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the various yeah. elements of that, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so, having said all that, mm-hmm. uh, you knew with a budget like this, it was going to be really expensive-looking. Yeah. So let's start with Abrams directing and, and the look of the film. Uh, I'd say it has a, a couple of different looks. It doesn't really have one distinct look to it to me, although, it, of course, it always looks very uh, big-budgety, but... Mm-hmm. There's just I don't know. It seems choppy. The, the 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 vision of this movie is very all over the place. I would say, um, it it looks great at times. It does, um, but overall, I thought it was uh, I guess to put it lightly, a little messy. I think yeah. uh, it's a kind of a mess. This movie. Yeah, and it seems that we are not the only ones that think that. Even surprisingly, die, even diehard fans, for the most mm-hmm. part, are poo-pooing this film. Yeah, I mean, there there's that one um, section of people who are like, "We're always gonna like this, no matter what." The people that hated Ryan Johnson's Ryan Johnson's uh, film that yeah. came before this, The Last Jedi, um, which was that's infamous now already. Just two years, you know, it's only been two years since that came out, but sure. There are people who want that movie destroyed and forgotten and erased from memory. Yeah. So any, I think anything that came next was going to be good to them. So there's those people who like this movie just based on principle, you know. Sure. But, but 
I think you're right. The majority of even diehards are saying, man, what happened here? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a big disappointment. That's not going to hurt its box office or anything. No, no, of course not. But critically, it has been a big disappointment. It might hurt it in the way that it may not be the highest grossing Star Wars film like they thought it should be because it's the end of a saga kind of thing. Yeah. It should be the highest grossing Star Wars movie. It really should, but I don't think it's going to be. Um, and so some of the, the problems that it, that it has have to do, for me, um, not even so much the look of the film, but mm-hmm. it's the writing. Ooh, it's, yeah, it's um, very it's shoddy. Very, very fan service and it's very melodramatic, and it's very predictable. It's not, like, it doesn't, yeah. there's nothing here that'll surprise you. No. There's no, no surprise. And I get it. Some people don't want to be surprised. They just want to be given. They want to be serviced, you know, yeah. like you said. And that'll work for those people. But anyone trying to get this series to keep pushing, like, you know, limits like Ryan Johnson did, you say what you will about him. He, at least he was trying something. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of problems with the characters. Um, yeah, that, that's one of the biggest issues, maybe the biggest issue for me, is you have all these really great actors. Yeah. Many of them are very good. Even the young ones that I don't have a whole lot of familiarity with, yeah. they are good actors, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, there's there's some other big, big hitters. Some very good actors in But this. when they're required to do and say things that are just... I know. It makes them look foolish. It does. Even, even Oscar Isaac looks like a bad actor at times in this movie. He, and he's the best one, I I argue. I guess uh, him yeah. and Richard E. Grant yes. give the best performances. Richard E. Grant's good in this. I'd say Grant Grant is the one who comes out looking the least. He's good in least it. dirty. He's fine from this from this Man, mud, though, mud bath. I'll tell you what, this movie makes Domhnall Gleeson look like a bad actor. Yeah, he um, looks bad. He's not in his 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 role's nothing in this movie. Driver is good. I forgot. Driver is good. Uh, in this. He he he. The, I guess the problem yeah. with Driver is that he's asked to do the most. He's of lifting. Everyone. He's lifting a lot here. He's doing more than anyone. else else mm-hmm. and probably because he's the most capable of doing the most but i guess i mean it's Oscar still Isaac's probably the best actor in this film yeah. but driver's asked to do way more yeah yeah um daisy ridley's kind of reduced sadly kind of reduced to what felicity jones was reduced to in rogue one it's just kind of a series of just facial expressions yeah she doesn't get a lot to do even though she's in the most most of the movie there's just not much to her role in this movie. Yeah, I think John Boyega is ter- uh, he's wasted. terrible in this. Well, and it's not his fault. And it's fault. not his fault, The exactly. role is terribly it, written. His his role has, is the most boring and pointless character in this whole thing. Well, he doesn't than, even need to be in it. Well, in The Last Jedi, they had this whole relationship between him and, you know, and, and the Asian woman. And she not even is talked thrown about. to the side in this movie. Yeah, she, she's in three scenes, maybe. She's... Not in the movie, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like what happened there. I mean, so this movie could have used maybe another year of time for the people to figure it out. Yeah, but it was it obviously rushed. It doesn't feel fully fleshed out. It was rushed, and it feels rushed. It does and it's, feel rushed. And it one one thing that that blew that that blew a lot of people's minds was the idea that right in the beginning of the film, this isn't spoiling anything, by the way, because it happens in the beginning of the film, first scene almost. Um, where it's just they say, oh, by the way, Palpatine is back, mm-hmm. and 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 okay, deal with that, and yeah. here we go, and don't give anyone time to be like, wait, what? Talk about rushing things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a little tired of like I felt like it was kind of a cheap excuse and a lame kind of thing to c- constantly incorporate 
family lineage stuff, you know. Because um, we've gotten that. Yeah, what are, it's what happened they, over and over again. What are they trying to do? Be it's fast lazy. and the furious? It's lazy. You know, there's not any new ideas in this movie. Not it's really. really not. No. And then there's this, without giving anything away, there's the f- one of the main showdowns between good and evil in this movie isn't captivating. No, it feels like Harry Potter. <laughs> it does. It does. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, wi- uh, wand waving scenes yes, in this movie. Not really, literally, but but it feels like it. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of um, I'll beat you with my force, and no, your force is not as good as mine. Like that's not fun to watch. It's, it's just like not. the ending of Matrix. Revolutions. Oh, it's rough. It's, 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 it's rough. very strange. And okay, this is all to say that obviously now we've picked this thing apart. <laughs> yeah. And what's left the vultures can have. But t- tell me what things do. What at least small things did you like from this? What What are it's anything that that, that uh, did stand out? I didn't in the hate positives? the movie outright. Hate it or anything? Mm, no, neither. I just did don't I. think it's good. Um. um uh, Richard E. Grant, of course. He's yeah, good in the He gives film. the best performance. I wish he had more to do. Me too. Because um, he's totally sinister. Yeah, and he's kind of... It's kind of like he's going... He kind of glanced over the part and was like, okay, I've got this. I'll do my own thing here. I can pull this off. Yeah. I don't know if the rest of you can, but I can pull it right. off. Right, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll do my this thing. this character. Yeah. This one and character he did it. Off. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't really... <sighs> Allow me, then. <laughs> There's not... I want to say, like, C-3PO, but no. I mean, he even doesn't get a lot to do. So the new droid, Dio, Mm -hmm. I think he's adorable. Yeah. He's adorable. They'll probably sell a ton of toys because he's super cute. Of course. The way he says, no, thank you. Um, It's it's adorable. Mm -hmm. And that was a genuinely fun moment. Um, You know, I, I found that the first and third acts are an absolute mess, both in pacing, yeah. writing, all of it. Uh, for the most part, the second act, though, I didn't mind. I thought the second act was the best of the three because um, it has some humor that's not completely you know, eye-roll-inducing mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and some performances get a little bit better. The best scene in the film, I think, is is this uh, uh, lightsaber batter- battle between Driver and Ridley um, out on like this ship in the, in the water, and um, it looks pretty good and it's mostly compelling. I'll say, um, but but that's about it. Like that's the, that's as much good things as I can say about the film. Yeah, I I guess without giving spoilers out, I think they're. I think my favorite things in this movie are scenes with characters from the past. I'll just say that. Um, I mean, <laughs> and that just shows you how much better. Uh, uh, character development and in was in the other films of the past because the think. time was taken. They're more memorable it. characters, and yeah. so I think the time spent with them in this movie is the most memorable part of this movie for me. But um, it's just not a good movie. What are you giving it? I'm at a two. I'm at a two. I'm not going to go any lower than that. I don't hate the movie. Yeah, but I, but I can't go any higher either. I'm at a two and a half. So All I right. get you. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, Andy and I are ranking the six best Christmas films of all time. Sorry, there's just not enough Hanukkah films, otherwise we would have done that. Even though I don't know what I need, where to go, I don't need the answers. All I need to know is one thing. What are you looking for? 
been here 30 years you've been gone way too long i can feel the time go looking out the window thinking what am i living for you got lost you're waiting for all of us and wherever you'll be found i know somebody loves you back ready for round two welcome back to the show on today's pick six segment we are trending festive we are ranking the six best christmas films of all time in fact uh this is a very fan service episode we're doing star wars we're doing christmas films we're fan servicey today we are we are let's dig into it starting as always with you andy what do you have at number six on your list of the best christmas films of all time all right let's go let's let's fan service the hell out of this thing um that's what this genre is all about, I guess. Uh, so, I found this list almost impossible to make. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a grumpy ass, but I just... And I watched several movies to, to prep for this, but I just don't like this genre. Do you feel like you're in the spirit, though, now that you've watched this many Christmas <laughs> Maybe, movies? Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, we can't count Die Hard, so that makes it even harder. Yeah. So... <laughs> That, that was that was the criteria for, for me at least was in order to be a Christmas film and this is what this is the diehard argument is that this story could not have taken place on any other day let alone holiday yeah and so it, it's it's intrinsically Christmas so like diehard could have happened on the Fourth of July or Thanksgiving doesn't really matter the the catalyst is just that there is a party in the in right the, doesn't yeah it could have been any party could have been any party could have been Diane's going away party right yeah exactly. So this, the, in order to be a Christmas film, it has to, the Christmas aspect has to be an important part of why we're here telling yeah. the story. And, and Christmas can be thrown out the window, no pun intended, for Die Hard. <laughs> so, What's a number um, six? Number six for me is, well, I just alluded to the fact that it was very hard for me to make this list, so... This is a movie that really shouldn't make it, but I had to put it on here because I tried to fill six, honestly. Okay. And that's The Family Stone. What? The yeah. Family Stones is the better family than... Family Stone. Is it better than The Holiday or... Uh, yeah, I think it's better than The Holiday. Wow, okay. There are much more likable actors in The Family Stone as opposed to isn't, The Holiday. Is I've never seen The Family Stone, but isn't Terry Bradshaw in that? No, he's not. That's not? Okay. He's not. The movie, it's Craig T. Nelson. Okay. Much better, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this film takes place at just, uh, just one little family's household, basically, and it's got Diane Keaton, and she's not telling everyone that she has a terminal illness, and, uh, you know, it's just your typical um, family drama. It's not a drama. It kind of is, but family escapades, if you will, um, tumultuous relationships and all that, love triangles. It's kind of typical in a lot of ways, but um, it's likable enough. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker 
is the star of this film. Never been a big fan. I thought you said that it had likable actors in it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it does. It's got Rachel McAdams and <laughs> Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson and Paul Schneider and Luke Wilson. Oh, well, and... <laughs> hang on. You had me at Paul Schneider. <laughs> I don't dislike Luke Wilson. I think if Luke Wilson never had Wes Anderson movies to be in, he would not be very good. But <laughs> yeah. other than that, that he's helps, okay in this. That helps his legacy. He's okay in this. I see. The family it's, stone. It's fine. It's, it's typical, but it's good enough, I it's think. It's good enough. Yeah. Um, I, at number six, I had something that I thought was a little better than good enough. I, I, I enjoyed... Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Hmm, okay. Um, Michael Caine plays Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's a lot of fun in it. Um, and really, we're following um, uh, 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 Gonzo and, and, and Rizzo the Rat, who are narrating <laughs> the story for us. Um, there's fun songs. It's got the Muppet sense of humor, and Michael Caine is enjoyable. So I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. Yeah, I, I should have rewatched it. I hadn't either, but I watched it. All this right, week, so. I like this pick. It's solid. It's yeah. fun. Right. and it's it's Henson-y, So all right, it's not a bad time. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's all not right. a glowing endorsement, but it's good. All right, that's a number it is six. good. What's number five for you? Number five for me is Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Wow, that's the one that has Trump in it. Really, you're gonna be that guy. Trump's in it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> bring him back, please. This is my plea. Bring, bring him back to a... entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this movie is not necessarily good on a rewatch. Even, I mean, it's not. It's it, it, There's problems. I mean, there's always... I mean, you have to throw away some... You just throw logic out the window with these movies a lot. Is this the one with the lady who feeds the pigeons? Yeah, yeah. Brenda That's, Fricker. Yes. Pigeon lady. The mom, the, the foster the mom outfield. from Angels in yep. the Outfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's kind of like a long, popular like British actress. British actress. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I mean, she's fun in this. Totally. It's a cool... When you see this movie as a kid, you're kind of like perplexed by that character and almost scared by her when you're a kid. But then you watch it now, it's like it's one of the only good actors in the film actually um the movie is too much fun though i have too much nostalgia for it well yeah it takes the 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 whole like you know kid by himself home alone one thing and then adds the fish out of water element to it yeah yeah so which which gives you more hijinks yeah to pound around with and they do kind of recycle a lot of the same jokes oh yeah they do the angels with filthy souls thing again with tim curry exactly as the <laughs> That, which is a <laughs> as great the concierge scene. yes uh, at the hotel um, it's ridiculous but and, and it's like come on really would this ever happen again come on but the McAllisters apparently very stupid they're um, they're not good parents they're stupid rich people <laughs> so <laughs> I still love it too much um, Macaulay Culkin is just a, a national treasure so uh, it's on my list all right number <laughs> five for me is a film that you talked about last week and that's bad Santa oh, okay yeah um yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm just gonna piggyback on what you said last week <laughs> it's just really smart for a film that's this that's this raunchy and and, and abrasive <clears throat> and that's the whole Zweigoff factor yes you know? agreed um but it's also very very funny and very very fun it's 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 an exciting, well-paced, quick film. Um, the heist is actually fun and interesting, and you have all these other supporting characters like Josh, mm-hmm. like John Ritter and and Bernie Mac, and the, the, the way that they come in and out of the film just uh, it's it's just too much fun. It's a great movie, and it's it's a great Christmas movie that that you can use to like cut the. Uh, uh, 
cut the fat when you're watching mm-hmm. uh, uh, this holiday season full of the really saccharine, you know, sugary sweet films like The Family Stone and it is a nice others flip that side. We'll, we're going to talk about still. It's a nice flip side movie. It, it, it is. is so yeah. All right, number four. Number four for me is a first time watch I had this week. Um, it, it is a uh, Canadian film called um, Mon Uncle. Antoine, or My Uncle Antoine. Um, it is a film, it was made in the early 70s, 71, I think. And uh, it takes place in an unspecified time, but it looks like a little earlier than 70s. Um, it takes place maybe late 50s, early 60s, maybe. Um, and it's just about this small town in Quebec where this family runs a general store and during Christmas time and uh, they also run an undertaking business too so oh. it's a combination of the two and the movie doesn't really have a plot necessarily it just kind of watches these people live in the community surround them slice of life yeah it's a slice of life movie like to a T um, I think some people have knocked it by saying that nothing happens, but I think that's one of the charms of the movie is just watching. Um, it's basically surrounding one child who works at this general store for his uncle um, and uh, just seeing him come of age. It's kind of a coming of age movie as well. Um, just the characters are very well drawn and it's, uh, it's funny. It's really funny at times. Um, with all, it's also kind of bleak, but it's very funny at times. It's really well written. That um, sounds sounds like a French Canadian yeah. aesthetic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've heard of this, but I've just never gotten around to it. And uh, um, looks like I should have. Yeah, I would, I would have a little less filler on my list. Check it out. Maybe a year from now, when you're back in the Christmas movie mood again. Yeah. Watch watch it then. Well, speaking of filler, um, this is where we get to the point of my list where there this is no longer filler. Okay. Um, so number four for me is Scrooged. Oh, okay. Um, classic Bill Murray. Like when when I think of the five most iconic Bill Murray performances, this is probably number five for me. Whoa. This is up there. Wow. Like, okay. This was a pretty big movie for me in my childhood. This was like as a, as a as like a ten year old into high school, this was my seminal Christmas film. So gotcha. Um, it's just too too damn funny and like creepy dark and like the i believe the creatures were also done by the hensons for this i think so yeah um and then you get to what i think is the secret weapon of the film and that's carol kane yeah yeah. she's my favorite part of the film she's very carol caney in this movie absolutely (laughs) she goes full bore with it Mm -hmm. um i just think it's a really funny film with a great performance from uh bill murray and then and then carol kane just adds to it in the scenes that she's in and it's uh, it's very funny and dark at the same time. I love how how dark it is. I gotta say, I rewatched this for the first time in a while. Also, was a very important movie to me early on. I hate this movie now. Whoa! I actually really dislike it. What do you hate about it? I don't think it's funny at all. Not oh, not really? once. Maybe a couple times with Bill Murray doing his thing, but I don't find it funny. And I also think it's like just going out of its way to be a. Um, a cynical Christmas movie, like to, like to the point where it's like beating you over the head with it, and it doesn't like it's not funny enough 
to achieve that effect on me at least I now watching it now now you're making me worry that I won't like it if I rewatch it oh when's I, the last time you've seen it it's been a few years oh okay I don't know I mean I, I mean it's probably been six or seven I watched years. it the other day and I was shocked really that it didn't hold up well now I'm terrified maybe you should just keep it keep it in that in your frame of mind now yeah never revisit it and be like kind of like the remember it story. fondly yeah yeah <laughs> all right well top half what's number three for you <clears throat> number three for me is um home alone the original home alone all right um, uh it, it's it's iconic it's uh it's so fucking stupid though i mean <laughs> i still i forgive this movie so much Constantly, every year, I'm, I watch this damn movie, and I forgive everything that's wrong about it every time I watch it. I mean, it's so stupid. Like the things that happen in this movie it's are like, dumb. all of this could be avoided, you know. <laughs> most, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Not only that, it's just like so cartoonish with the violence and whatever. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a part of its fun. I get it. Yeah, that's that's what makes it. It's so slapsticky. Much fun, it's very it, slapsticky. It is slapsticky. It's it it's. That being said, all that being said, it's highly enjoyable. Yeah, it's very entertaining. Uh, it's high on I mean, charm. Yeah, I mean, this movie has a lot of nostalgia points. Oh, big time. Um, and, and, you know, the there's a lot of good characters in this movie. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, performances of the, in the roles. Like, you know, uh, John Candy is great in it. Um John Candy was always good in anything John Hughes written. Um, I remember that that um, John Candy in this film is the first time I ever heard of Polka. Didn't know what really? Polka was yeah, yeah, when, I, yeah. when I saw this as a kid. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what it was. It was the first time I ever heard the term. Every time I watch this, I always forget and I remember again that the scene where... Um, in the scene where Catherine O'Hara is trying to get a flight back and she's begging and pleading, the woman working at the uh, at the air airport is Hope Davis. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Hope Davis. Yeah. I just saw Hope Davis in something earlier t- t- this week. Really? I haven't seen her in anything. Lara in a was while. watching Mildred Pierce. That's oh, what it was. Okay. Okay. And I was asleep on I the couch. I always forget that she's in that scene. Um, it, it's just too good. It, yeah. It, it, even with all its problems, I I just toss them out the window. I don't I don't so care. I feel the same way about my number three as you do about that. And my number three is Elf. Mm, okay. Um, it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just so fun and charming, and its heart is in the right place. Yeah, it is. And at times, I think Will Ferrell is... There are scenes where he is impossibly funny in the, in the, in the film. And then you get Mary Steenburgen, who was early Zoe Deschanel before she was really annoying. Yeah. Um, uh, and oddly enough, I like James Caan in this. I like James Caan in his older age a lot more than yeah. cocky James Khan. Same you know, here. You know? Same here. And I do think he's fine in this. Yeah. Um, I did rewatch this as well this week. And then Ed Asner as Santa Claus. Yeah. Bob Newhart Newhart's plays great Papa Elf. Mm-hmm. Newhart is great in everything. Yeah, I know. He's I know. he's just his way of stuttering. It mm-hmm. just makes fe- things seem so authentic. I, I know. And he's so endearing. Um, I find this to be a really endearing film that at times can be really, really funny. 
um, but never crude or rude or, or no, it's never rude. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of what adds to its like charm and like feel good nature. It is, it is, it is a feel good movie with a nice warm, fuzzy resolution. Yeah, it is. And so I have a lot of respect. I respect it for that. I, I, I can't put it on my list because I just, I don't find the movie very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate that it's, you know, its heart is always in the, in the right place. Forgot that the writers, his crack team of writers, is Andy Richter and Kyle Gass. I, yeah, I, I f- totally forgot Kyle Gass was in this, and I rewatched yeah. it. I was like, oh my god, Kyle Gass is in this. Yeah, makes sense that Andy Richter's in it, kind of, but not Kyle Gass. It's Artie like, Lang plays drunk Santa Claus. Oh yeah, uh, there's there's a lot he of exposes a lot of little cameos. Like you're not that. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I love this movie. All right, so. all right. Number two. Uh, my number two is a movie I rewatched this week. I hadn't seen it in a while always liked it i like it even more now and that's um the french film a christmas tale from oh. 2008 uh this movie centers around a family who have went through uh you find out very early on that they 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 lost a young child to a terminal illness at six and then they had it was like a, the middle child, and then more, and they had more children, and then it catches up with them much later on in life. Um, and much like I was mentioning with the family Stone, it also centers around uh, a mother of the family who needs a life-saving transpl- bone marrow transplant to survive, huh. which none of her family members are compatible for. Um, that's the only comparison you can make, though, with this and The Family Stone. It's a much better film. It uh, has a wider scope. It's uh, Craig T. Nelson isn't in it. He's He doesn't show up. He doesn't show he up. He does not show up. I heard no. it was only because he doesn't speak French. Uh, they tr- he wanted to be in the film, yes. He wanted. <laughs> he was begging and pleading. He would, he would have done it for nothing. Um, they asked him to say anything in French, and he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. We can't wait around for you, coach. We can't wait wait around for your Rosetta Stone to, to ship. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's it's a really well acted film. Um, Catherine Denevue, uh, I don't know how you say her last name. Uh, she's a famous French actress yeah. for from Belle de Jour and you know early on and all that. She plays the the, the mother of the family in this movie, and she's she's dynamic. Um, and then the uh, one of the uh, one of the family members, the son, who's like a wild card, and he's kind of he's like the fuck up, and he's he's played by uh, Mat- Matthew Almerich from The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Um, that actor, he was he was uh, one of the villains in um, one of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, I want to say it was. So I would definitely recognize him at least. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been in several American films since. It's it's just um, it's a really effective movie. It's funny a lot of times, but it's mostly just a really well written drama. Also, um, it it takes the it takes the cliched family turmoil holiday movie and like turns it on its head a little bit, which is always a nice thing. My number two is a stone cold classic. And that is Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I knew this was going to show up somewhere on your list. Okay. Uh, I was I was wondering if it was going to be one of the situations where my number two is your number one. It might have been if I would have rewatched it, but I honestly have not seen it in so long. Oh, really? And so I could not 
justifiably put it on this list. It, it is my mom's favorite film of all time. I think it's a lot of people's favorite film. So I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. Um, it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it's a really fantastic movie, and it's it's darker than people seem to give it credit for. Um, I think that we kind of forget sometimes because it's on television in syndication constantly, constantly right? this time of year that it's it's almost become like background to people's Christmas parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you actually sit down and watch it, you know, more than every few years, you'll you know you tend to recall that it's pretty dark. I mean, he commits he's committing suicide first yeah. and foremost, yeah. and then uh, like he's abused at, throughout different times. Um, it is, it's a bleak film, but, um, for the time frame too, that it came out, that's yeah. pretty dark, but Jimmy Stewart, man, oh, he's a legend. He's for good just, reason. He's so terrific in this. And, and honestly, I think Donna Reed's even better. Okay. I think she gives the best performance in the whole film. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a beautiful work as much as this is on constantly. I have not seen it. I can't tell you how long, maybe 15 to 20 years. I mean, oh, wow. I haven't seen it in that long. Watch it Christmas Eve. I might. I might. And then we'll do this this whole episode. Yeah, we'll do another one. Yeah. What's number one on your list? (laughs) Number one for me is a movie we've talked about. Well, we talked about it last week. You've already talked about it. It's Bad Santa. That's your number one Christmas film of all time. It is. Wow. Um, I think partly what made me want to push it up even more was because... All the rewatches I've had, and most of them have been so excruciatingly bad, and I was like, I kind of feel like a Scrooge here. So yeah. I may, might as well put Bad Santa at number one. Yeah. <laughs> Just seal the deal here. Um, we don't need to say much more. We've said a lot already. Um, I think it's maybe the best Billy Bob Thornton performance. That <laughs> I mean, is it's crazy. It's very close. Yeah. It's very close, if not. Um, it's just, there is that specific Zweigoff charm not really charm but that that demented element to it it's it's this tiny little thumbprint that is so intrinsically his it's it's very mm-hmm. uniquely him it makes me sad that he hasn't worked really since yeah, he, he made that one film after it art school confidential which i liked it's fine yeah but he hasn't made anything since it's unfortunate loves Wygoff. and yes in the hands of another director i'm not sure this film could have been Oh no! What it what it became? No, this film is this film is Dirty Grandpa for Christmas. I mean, we saw what happened when they made a sequel a couple years ago without Zweigoff. It wasn't good. Yeah, it it would be like Dirty Grandpa, but Christmas themed. Yeah, basically, with, with a different director, it yeah. would have just been filthy and not not with any of the heart that it that it still does have. Right, and none of the uh, of its fun quirkiness. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's your number one? Number one for me is Home Alone, man. Uh, okay. Home All Alone, right. I think is. Uh, it's. I don't see any of the cracks that, that you seem to. I love this film, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's really, really charming. And yes, some of the physical comedy is over the top, but in that really fun, like, I don't know, slapsticky way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, what what it lacks maybe in, like, some polish, it definitely makes up for in just really, like, charming, charming heart. Mm-hmm. It, it does, it's one of those, like, Christmas spirit kind of films. It really gets you in the, in the quote-unquote Christmas spirit. It does. It makes you feel festive. Um, it makes me want a, a cheese pizza. It, absolutely. <laughs> it makes you hungry for cheese pizza and Mac and craft dinner. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I love Macaulay Culkin in it, but Daniel Stern 
<laughs> and and Joe Pesci are so so good as the They're villains. Yeah. Um, the old man who yeah. from the church. That's just a fun little storyline. I think it's cute. The the shithead in me always thinks like, does this guy ever? Can't he just ever say something? Hey, I'm not here to be mean to you. Like, (laughs) he doesn't speak until the end. It's like, you could have avoided all this horror in this kid if you would have just said, hello. I know that I'm like thinking way too far into this. Oh, yeah, especially for a movie like Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But you know, when a movie becomes iconic, you dissect it a little bit. Yeah, I just, I think it's a stone cold classic. And I, uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it's the number one Christmas movie for me in, in my Good. head. I was just even hoping more you wouldn't so, say Christmas vacation. Even more so than It's a Wonderful Life, which is which seemed like blasphemy for me mm-hmm. when I was creating the list. But I, I, I got Home Alone to number one. So. I mean, it also hits that 90s heart for you, too. Sure does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as much as I hate the 80s, I, I love the 90s. Yep, so. yep. Okay, well, I guess that means we've come to the final part of the show, the throwback challenge. Last week, Noah challenged me with the Indonesian action film from 2011, The Raid Redemption, and I gave him Olivier Assayas' personal shopper from 2016. So you, I think you mentioned off mic that we both watched our throwback challenges this morning. Yeah, so we fresh. They were both morning flicks as well. Mm-hmm. Tell me uh, how about the, uh, the the breakfast that you had with with the raid redemption. Oof. Uh, yeah, strange movie to take in very right away. You weren't trying to watch this with your your girlfriend oh, no. sleeping in the other room, right? No, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a very. Uh, I got all my protein with this breakfast. Uh, this is uh, this, this damn movie is uh, made for action testosterone junkies. Um, it is relentless. I guess is the best word to to, to yeah, say. It is nonstop. <laughs> And I watched the um, the unrated version, so it was even oh more boy. ruthless. And I can't imagine more violent. Uh, yeah, this movie's essentially a one location movie. It's not 100. percent That's why you know that was one of the things that disqualified it from our one location pick six because mm-hmm. there are there's about a few there's a few minutes at the beginning of the film that don't take place at the one location that, that this movie primarily takes place in. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess the quick rundown is that, you know, this this movie centers kind of around one officer, I guess, um, who is entering into this assignment yeah. <laughs> to help take down a drug lord in this high-rise um, apartment. I don't, I don't apartment even know building. how many floors are on this apartment. It appears complex. there's like 10, I think. Yeah. But yeah there's there's uh, a lot of shady activity going on in there and they're going in to take it all down and they 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 know it's not going to be easy they don't know how hard it's going to be though <laughs> the movie yeah. the movie shows you how difficult that's going to be and part of the reason that they don't know is because not everyone uh in the police squad is being honest with one another between no bosses not and, at all <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of that going on in this film a lot of double crossing and all that um this uh, we even find out halfway through that our protagonist himself hasn't been completely honest with mm-hmm. his bosses or even us as the audience. Yeah, there's there's some there's some twists that go along along yeah. the way. Um, but man, the reason you're here, the reason you would even 
check this out and push play on this is that you want to watch an action movie. Yeah. Um, and I guess rating it and reviewing it as an action movie is how you should do it. That's um, the only fair way, I would think. Yeah, because I don't think it's very well written. Um, it, it, some of the dialogue is pretty pretty spotty, but um, that doesn't really matter in this film. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, man, this movie is... You know what? I I, I don't mind violence in movies, uh, but my God... This goes way over the top. Yeah, you it, watch the unrated version, my this, dude. This just complete... This is like, do you want to see how many ways you can kill someone? And do you want to see it in detail? Like, it doesn't even pull punches. Like, you, you watch people getting dismembered and, you know, I mean, there's... The, I, don't, I can't tell you how many deaths there are in this movie. There's um, a lot. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, basically... This entire building is run through floor by floor and gunfights, fist fights, knife fights, all sorts of different fights are happening in this film. Um, and it's uh, it's kind of uh, it's pretty hard to watch at times, I, I would say. I mean, even for someone who's not really um, disturbed by a lot of violence in movies, it gets it got to me a few times. <laughs> it, it's a. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of my my experience with I saw the devil and that that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing <laughs> and that I just you know what I'm okay if there's a lot of violence in a movie but I don't want that to be the only thing I'm sure. watching and like sure. this felt like that a lot to me um, I definitely don't dislike the movie um, it is consistently entertaining I would say I guess um, it's well paced. I, I was, I was glad that it didn't stretch its length out longer than it did, um, because that would have outstayed its welcome. I think, um, I think that was one of my problems with *I Saw the Devil* was the length of the film. Um, uh, but overall, um, I just kind of got off the train. I, you know, with it just felt like a lot of scenes re generating themselves over and over again i'll tell you what um i rewatched this for the first time in several years oh because i wanted week? i wanted us to talk about it i wanted to be able to talk about it with you and uh i didn't love it as much as i used to either um okay i still like it maybe because i didn't watch the unrated version <laughs> but i still like it because the choreography is very well sure uh, uh scripted there are things to like in this film and um i, I find some of it really compelling and some of it is brutal in an entertaining <laughs> way <laughs> um but i didn't love it anymore and uh um i gave it to you because i expected it was going to be on my list of the top 10 foreign films of the mm, decade okay it isn't anymore. Yeah. It yeah. Uh, it made its way off my list. It does so. seem like a movie that, you know, if I would have watched eight years ago, maybe I'd have liked it a lot more. Yeah, and eight know? years ago, I was like, this is one of the best action movies of the decade. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 But now, yeah, I if I would have watched it, then maybe I would have had a different view of it. But uh, yeah. it, 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 it's a hard movie to, to kind of pin down how I really feel. I don't dislike it. What are you giving it? I think I would, I think I, I'd actually have to land on a three. I would give oh, it, a, wow. I would give it a three. See, a I'm three. only giving it. A, I dropped it down to a three and a half. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I, I, still I love was, it. I wanted to go two and a half because there's so many things that I'm teetering on. But all in all, as an action movie, 
I'd have to say I'll give it a three. Yeah. So uh, let's discuss Olivier Isaias's personal shopper. Um, yeah. I watched that this morning. Have you seen any of his films? This is my introduction okay. to Isaias. Okay. Um, I've seen parts of Clouds of Sils Marie, but I've never seen it You know, from beginning to end all in one fell swoop. Gotcha. Uh, so this was definitely... Uh, I got to know Isaias through this. Um, so in Personal Shopper, and it's available on Netflix, if yeah. any of you listeners haven't seen it yet, um, Kristen Stewart plays a personal shopper. Um, she buys clothes for a very famous fashion model. She seems more like she used to be a famous fashion model. I think so. And now she's just a wealthy philanthropist who shows up in lots of fashion galas. Um, this woman is notoriously hard to work with. Uh, so Kristen Stewart has limited interaction with her, and uh, she's at the same time that she's doing this job and like tr- taking trains and riding her bike and going places to pick up clothes for this woman. Um, she's, I, I guess, investigating isn't the right word, but it's the only one that I can think of. Um, so her brother, her twin brother, died in Paris, and she and him made an oath that if one of them died they would give a sign to the other um, just so that they know that they're, they're out there, that there's an afterlife and they're not in pain or whatever. Um, so she's still waiting for a sign from her brother. So she's sort of inve- investigating that with any of these paranormal things that she finds out about, whether it's a, a, um, a study that, uh, that um, a writer had done or, or finding out about this woman who who was an early abstract artist who started doing abstract art because uh, ghosts told her to, to. They commissioned art from her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just some, some really strange uh, investigating holes she goes down, but she starts getting texts from a very mysterious person. We don't know who it is, how they got her number, and who it is and she starts having this very strange like text relationship for lack of a better word with them it's a big chunk of the movie and that's that. where the mystery starts to uh, to to unfold and as to whether or not it's supernatural or not and i don't want to ruin that for anyone else so i'm not yeah. gonna but i will say kristen stewart's terrific in this movie She's really impressive this might be my favorite performance from her i think i don't know if it is mine but um it might be. Uh, it's, it's a very strange film. Mm-hmm. It's strange in the way that it's shot. Uh, he 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 fades out scenes earlier than oh yeah than what your normal director would do, and it's a little bit jarring. But I I get the sense that that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think so. There the supernatural elements. Um, there's two or three like really like big scenes where something supernatural happens um, that are pretty shocking, and the rest of it's really tension filled. The way he follows her around rooms when she's trying on her boss's clothes, which is a big no-no, and she's not supposed to do it. It follows her from one from like a dressing room, and then moves into the to the bathroom and watches her look at herself in a mirror. She's trying on this harness. And then it moves back to the other room again. It's very patient and, and like, coolly lit. Yes, it, it is. It feels not cold, but just cool at all times. Mm-hmm. It's, 
um, as if a ghost is in the room with you the entire time. Yeah, it has this kind of grayscale tint, bluish, you know, kind of... It, it does. It's coolly... It's got a cool look to it, and, and, and not, not, not literally, but you know what I mean. So I really, really like this movie a lot. But something about it kept me at arm's length the entire time, okay. and prevented me from pre- prevented me from loving it, from really being able to embrace it. Okay, um, I don't know what that was, and maybe I won't know until a second viewing. But I love how it's paced and how patient it is, and so I really respect it. Um, and just that central performances. Oh, yeah. Because there are other performances, but really, for the most part, you're just following her the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she has she has a lot of lifting to do here. And, I mean, she just bench presses the hell out of it. <laughs> she does, yeah. She's pretty, she's pretty mesmerizing and, and very strong, a performer in this. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm somewhere between four and four and a half. On okay. It. I mean that's that's high praise, but uh, but I really really respect it. And it's gonna make me, it's going to make me go back and and catch up on Asaius. Glad I'm glad because and I think you'll like his work. A and and then B, um, it'll make me very uh, uh, anticipatory for whatever he has coming out next. Yeah, and so. actually, uh, I think. This movie kind of demands a second viewing at some point. I, I get that feeling. I've only seen it once as well. I get that feeling. Um, he has something coming out soon uh, called Wasp Network. So we'll see what that is. Okay. I'm in. He's been making films since 1978. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's I've su- seen a few of his films, but I did, I've, I've only seen... Maybe the, maybe the earliest one I've seen is... Late nineties. I didn't know he's been making films since the late. He'll 70s. be sixty-five next month. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, that means we need to give each other new throwbacks. Yeah. What have you got for me? Well, this is this is the um, the playing field was just widened because we finally don't have to do decade. Yeah, we're not beholden uh, by any of that. Anymore. So I wanted to go with uh, a little bit of an older movie uh, and. One that's always been very close to me, and that's Lassa Hallstrom's My Life as a Dog. I, I've been hearing about this since when you, since, since when you started, like the Letterbox days, you've been touting the praises I of this film. I love this film, yeah. And uh, I've always wanted to see it, and I'm so excited that you gave it to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm really thrilled. It's, it's you know, before he would go on to do any of those, you know, American films that are beloved... This is when he was still working in his, you know, home country. So it's it's all it's a Swedish film. Um, but yeah, he would obviously go on to make things he's well known for now, like uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape and Cider House Rules and Chocolat and all that. But I think this is his best film. I do. I think you might enjoy it. I'm giving you one that I'm. I'm a. Uh... It's a little bit selfish because I haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Hmm. Um, and uh, I think I know you don't have a great opinion of this director anymore, but hmm. I think that if we, this is one that you missed, that you might enjoy uh, if you go back and watch Danny Boyle's Millions. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I've seen it, but 
It's been a very long time. I You didn't have it l- listed on your letterbox. I mean, that's a rarity, I know. So I assumed that you hadn't seen it. I saw this in the theater. Did you really? But, and I remember not having a strong opinion on it, like a lot of his stuff, but... It's been erased from the memory so much that I think I does it, it. It's like I'll be seeing it for the first time. I think it'll be a fun, a fun rewatch for both of us then. Okay. Because I haven't seen it in a very long time. I think it should make for a compelling right. segment on the show. So okay, let's stick to it. Otherwise, you're getting yeah. a transporter. So. <laughs> let's watch millions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> I'm glad we could agree. Uh, yes, we can. Uh, well, that's our show for today. Remember to subscribe to the Film Harmonic on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and a generous rating if you're so inclined subscribe also on spotify google play and wherever else you happen to get your podcasts send us your suggestions for the throwback challenge to the at gmail.com we're going to do them uh submissions are open now yeah we're, we're soon we're back open for business we will be back next week with a double dose of oscar contenders two very different films we'll be reviewing little women and Uncut Gems. I hope those are two different films. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's hope they're not similar at all. In our Pick 6 segment, we've got a really fun category to break down. We are ranking the six best action films of the 1990s. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> so add all of that to our newest throwback challenges, and it looks like we've got yet another jam-packed show on our hands. We will see you next time. <laughs> On the film harmonic. <laughs> it took a one-way ticket to nowhere to make me know that I still care. Those lonely nights without you inside was too much for me to bear. Oh, I let my pride cast your love aside. It took a one-way Welcome to the Mary Kate and Ashley Olson's Housekeepers show, where we argue over who has a the, the harder job. I'm Stephen, and I am Mary Kate's housekeeper. Hello, I'm Oliver Platt, and you're Ashley's I'm housekeeper. Named after Oliver Platt, and I keep house. <laughs> <laughs> Neck brace. Substitute.